welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host, Kevin Paneskis. Hi, Kevin. Property Soldier here. So welcome to this live stream. And on this, I've got Stephen Warwick and we are going to be having a mentoring call about service accommodation. And I'm also recording this for my podcast. So this will be going out on my service combination property podcast. So some people are going to be effectively listening to uh, the recording of this and some people are going to be watching this live. And I'm living on to a couple of different platforms and so people will be able to ask questions, post comments. And so we will, uh, I'll be talking to Stephen throughout, but I may refer to any questions or comments that come in as we are doing this live. So Stephen is in the progressive property community and I put out a, a post saying who wants a uh, free mentoring session, if you like, on service combination and, um, Stephen said yes, and, and uh, several, lots of other people said yes, and I just had to whittle it down. And based on when people were available at the time that it was suitable for me, etc., we ended up uh, chatting here with Stephen. So, introduce yourself, Stephen. Whereabouts are you know are you from? Or whereabouts are you? And then far away, what what do you want to know about? <coughs> Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, good evening. So I'm um, I'm Stephen Warwick. Um, I am uh, West Coast Central issue of Scotland. The, the way I always like to um, describe it is um, bang in the middle of Glasgow and Edinburgh. So pr- pretty good um, location. You know, um, thirty minutes either way of those two big cities. Um, so yeah, I don't have any serviced accommodation properties as yet, Kevin. Um, I've had at a, a period of time four buy to lets by accident, you know, accidental landlord. Um, wound those down because I really didn't have any education, didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I know we hear that from a lot of people. Um, now got one buy to let that hopefully, you know, I'm a bit more versed and I know what I'm doing. Um, but I'd also like to mix that up in the coming year through my limited company with serviced accommodations. Um, here in Scotland, so I have I have two specific um, gold mine areas, as as they would call it in the, in the progressive community. Spent a few months, uh, a bit longer than that actually, um, looking at those, um, checking it, double checking it, treble checking it, and you know I'm I'm very very confident in my own mind that yeah, there's two specific areas in Scotland, very close to where I stay, that I'd like to look at. Um, the problem which. I'll say I'm sure you know that it affects hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Is um is getting past the estate agents? Um, I think I'm six months down the line now. Yeah, six months down the line. The whole of the pandemic, pretty much, uh, and I just struggle daily with estate agents. So that would be the number one question: <laughs> How to get rent from estate agents or from letting yes. agents? Yes. Yes. Okay. And um, 
And so is this so that you can, because we, we were chatting just before we went live, and this is so that you can potentially test the market before actually purchasing to SA? Very much, Kevin. As as we said earlier, you know, I, you know, I'm looking to buy uh, two properties as a minimum. ASAP. I, I just think it's worthwhile waiting until January um, to let the market um, settle down a bit to buy them. Um, the, my initial plan was to have these for straight buy to lets. Um, however, my increasing frustration going through letting agents to get a rent to SA means that potentially I'll buy one of these specifically for serviced accommodation. But I would have loved to have had a rent to SA really because I'm such a novice at it. You know, the, the numbers yeah. can look good and, you know, the promises of, you know, fantastic figures. But I, I would really like to have a rent to SA just to test our water. Okay. All right. So, I mean, we'll talk about rent to SA shortly. Um, and obviously there's there's letting agents and then there's me there's ways of going direct to landlords as well uh, but if just so it's for people listening and watching um, when people do purchase to sa the the if if you haven't if you haven't had the training to, to be able to do your due diligence um, to, to know whether or not SA is likely to work or not, then I always suggest that you make sure it works as, as buy-to-let as a fallback. Okay, And so you've done buy-to-let, you've got a buy-to-let at the minute, and so that would always be the fallback plan. Now, clearly, when it comes to purchase to SA, you can... There, some areas are better than others for purchase to SA and some types of property are better than others when it comes to purchase to SA. But we'll talk about rent to SA first because, as, as you said, um, you, you'd like to do it uh, that way around before going forward to yeah. purchase to SA. Now, then, a lot of people make the mistake talking to agents and effectively – what the agent suspects or thinks is that this person is just going to rent the property from me and bung it on Airbnb. Okay, they're going to rent the property via this agency and bung it on Airbnb. And unfortunately, the people that are, I call them untrained SA operators out there, they are the ones that have ended up, they have the big parties and they're the the airbnb party houses that you see on in the sun newspaper and and the videos people taking on their their iphones of 100 people outside of a house that's been let on airbnb and so that's the problem that's the, that's the problem that legitimate people are going to be contending with when it comes to letting via agents so i mean one of the things that i uh, teach people on on our trainings is all of the things that you need to do in order to make sure you don't get these problems yourself. But that's fine once you've got the unit. It's overcoming this, this objection with an agent in, in the meantime. So, like I say, things to stop yourself getting problems with an SA is always have terms and conditions. Don't allow one-night stays. You can take deposits. You have credit card details. And all of these things stop you getting problems. But that doesn't help you when it comes to convincing the agent that you're not going to get these problems so what i like to do and, and one of the things i do for people that i mentor is i actually call the agents for my mentees and so 
I, I'm used to handling the things that agents come out with. And what I do is I actually say, look, you know, um, well, I'll, I'll go back a few more steps to, to make so that it makes sense. So these are the things that I get my mentees to do in advance of me calling an agent on their behalf. I want them to have a, a website. Now, on that website, they can have uh, photos of property that is representative of what they are going to be providing their guests. It doesn't have to, they don't have to have essays already in order to have a website. And so the reason why that's pretty cool is because what you can do actually is go and get prospective clients, prospective guests based on what you would be able to offer them. So you have a website set up and you also want to have a company set up. Now, this is going to be a company that you're going to use for your SA business. You're going to use to operate your SA business. This is the company that is going to take the SA house or SA apartment um, on a company let from the agent. So an awful lot of people make the mistake of not coming across the agent in a professional manner. They, they want to take the property on an AST, you know, to use as SA or something like that. Um, they don't call it AST in Scotland. What, what's the correct um, terminology in Scotland for a, a tenant that takes a property on a on a on a rental agreement? Oh yeah, pass. No, I'm not okay, sure. Yeah, not, Kevin. But, but yeah, for most most people listening to this, there you know AST a short a short short hold tenancy agreement. And so you're going to set up a limited company now then. You obviously need to go on company's house and see what is available. Um, and let's say you want to call yourself ABC uh, Property. And you also want to make sure that the domain name is available for you to take the domain name as well. Because what you would do, Stephen, is, is you would obviously have your email address as Stephen at abcproperty.co.uk. Um, I always say to people have a .co.uk, not a .com, because the .com is, is American. And in terms of uh, search engine optimization, you want to be more visible when people are Googling short-term accommodation or service accommodation um, in your town and your city. You're going to rank better if you're a .co.uk. So you've got your domain name. You go on to GoDaddy or you go on to one.com or something like that and you get your domain name for cheapest chips and and you have your, your website. So you've got your company, your domain name and your website. So now what you do, you haven't gone anywhere near a letting agent yet, right? Now what you do is you look at all of the likely companies or businesses who need short-term accommodation in your area so again just reverse engineering this a lot of the stuff that i do on my training is is, is um, i'm teaching people how to find the best sa gold mine area in their in their region so that is where there is the most demand for sa so hotels do a lot of this good work for us in terms of you know if you've got a premier in or holiday in they've done an awful lot of market research and they've worked out that there's plenty of demand in that area for short-term accommodation so you, you, you picked your, your um, SA gold mine area, 
And now, who needs accommodating in that SA gold mine area? So you get onto good old Google and you're looking at all the different companies who are in that area. So they've got visiting clients, staff, subcontractors, employees, all, all of that type of thing coming to the area who ordinarily would be put up into a hotel. Then you're going to be looking at all of the uh, businesses and companies that are going to be coming to the area from out, from out of town. So you, again, go on to uh, Chamber of Commerce website, um, look at, um, obviously, uh, good old Google as well. You can be going on the planning portal and look at what companies are going to be doing what developments in your local area. You can go on to the uh, business networking groups, the local business networking groups, and be asking there what companies, what projects are happening in, in the, the local area. All of these things so that you're effectively creating a list of companies to target to be offering your services to them to be accommodating their clients employees staff etc in the area in the coming months and years so ideally you actually speak to let's say you you go on the planning portal and you see that there's a building development that's going to be uh, taking place um you know new build development starting in january next year and it's going to take two years to complete the whole thing and you you've been in touch with a building uh, firm and they tell you that there's they've got an awful lot of contractors who are coming in from out of town and they yes they are going to need accommodation so obviously what they'll say to you is well send us your website which you can do and you're obviously approaching them and because you're a company then you're a lot more professional and you're going to be Stephen at abc um, accommodation.co.uk and so they, a good thing that they will also do, and a good thing that you can also do, is, is create a flyer, a PDF flyer, which is going to be, you know, you're going to use similar images from your website of the type of accommodation that you are going to be providing people. And you could have representative night rates on there for, say, let's say you've got a two-bed house, and that could sleep up to five people. And if you've done your numbers and you work out that a really good uh, night rate would be if it was five people, 25 pounds per night and you've got your, your flyer, don't go make, don't go crazy. You know, people go on Vista point, Vista print and they get all excited and end up with 10,000. Right. So test it first, get, get a, a few hundred. You can obviously have the PDF, but just get, get some made as well. And 50 would be fine. Uh, printed off as well. So, Again, you can be sending through that PDF, but you've also got a printed off PDF as well. So one of, one of the things you can do with that is go to all of these different places where you find contractors and trades and all of these vans and, and vehicles. And if they're not on a hotel site, you can be putting these under the um, windscreen wipers. If they're on hotel land, then you can't put them under windscreen wipers. Or you could, but you might get reported and trading standards might give you yeah. a call and say, stop it. Um, if they're on the public road, then you can do it. But if they if they are on um, uh, a hotel's land, then there's nothing wrong with you taking photos of the the side of it, which has got the their email address, their Facebook page, their phone number, and all of those things. You can be contacting them via these um, direct um, 
uh, leads, if you like, these direct sources, where you can be reaching out to them, sending them your PDF. Um, once you get into contact with them, send them your website, all of that good stuff. So you can literally, in advance of going to an agent, get your clients, your future clients, lined up. Now, these are people that need one month, two months, three months, six months worth of accommodation. Now then, so let's say it's ABC Construction. Now, guess what you're going to do? Now you're going into a, a letting agent and you say, okay, number 10 Acacia Avenue, I'm really interested to take it on a company let. We do short-term accommodation for our corporate clients, and but I've, I've got a particular client which is ABC Construction and they actually need me to provide them with accommodation for the next year because they are doing the new build development just down the road from here building the the 50 new build uh, houses and so what you've now done is a you've you're coming to them with a lot more volition with um, it's a it's a law of attraction type thing. They can see that you are genuinely needing to source property to accommodate genuine people. And they they could, they, they, they never do, but they could phone up ABC Construction themselves just to check it out. In my experience, it hasn't happened, but they could. And they obviously, they're reassured because they know that they could. And so now all of a sudden, you're coming at them with a much more professional um, representation of who you are and what you need the property for. And you're going to be, when I tell you what, it, nothing moves people more to go and take action and to go to the acquisition um, part of service combination when they're losing money because they, they've got clients lined up who they can't accommodate. <laughs> and all of a sudden, people, if they do these steps that I talked to them about, they're now saying, right, I need to get going. I need to get, I really, you know, it lights a fire under them. It really does. And so, like I say, if you can do those things and go to the agent with that premise, then you're so much likely to overcome their objections. So you you tell me, so you've spoken to agents. What objections do agents come out with, Stephen? And then I'll talk about overcoming objections. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, to to go back, um, just to the the earlier part of your answer there, Kevin. Um, I, the interesting part is I haven't yet been to an agent um with my website and company in place. I now have that, so I'm now a limited company. I now have a nice shiny website that I got somebody on Fiverr.com to to create for me. Nice pictures, very professional looking. Um, so. Interestingly, in the past, you know, I've spoken to, as I said to you earlier on, I've spoken to agents, you know, I, I, I've been absolutely honest and upfront with them and saying, look, I, I don't have any corporate clients. So that that's me being totally transparent. Said, but that's certainly what I would like to do. I have no interest in, you know, and as you say, the party scene, whatever it might be. Um, straight away, you know, you multitude of agents say, we are not interested in passing this on to our client, we are just not going to do it. That's fine. That's okay. Um, and there's others who, and and I've had a few of these recently actually, who have said, okay, yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, go away and never hear back from them. Uh, call back in a week time, ten days, whatever. And they say, look, we've spoke to the vendor. He's absolutely not interested. You know, despite the fact that the last two properties I looked at were fairly run down. I say fairly run down cosmetically. 
and, and the agents, you know, knowingly agreed that. Said, yeah, we, we have had some trouble trying to let this out. And I said, well, look, I'm, I'm quite willing, you know, to make this a nice, shiny property for serviced accommodation. You know, I'm being absolutely transparent and that will be at my cost. And I still didn't get it past them. Um, so, so yeah, but that that's not me. Very, very new website, very, very new company. Everything's up and running now. So it does take me back to the early part of your answer that maybe I've ticked a couple of more boxes straight away. Yeah, because a lot of the time people come back to me and they say, oh, well, the, the agent, they were great. And they, they spoke to the owner, though, and the owner says they're not interested. Well, well, actually, most of the time the agent didn't speak to the owner. They just didn't really yeah. And it didn't really get it, or they've got a slight niggling doubt about it, and therefore they just don't do anything. But they always blame the owner. Um, and so, one of the things that you can do in order to get a, uh, a viewing on a property is when they when they say to you, the agent, "Who is it for?" You can say it's for you because ultimately it's it's for your company. Okay, so you can say it's for you, and. If you have got an agent that um, is just no way going to to ask the owner for you, then there's nothing wrong with actually. I don't. I'm not going to talk about cutting an agent out. That's definitely not not what what um, people should do. But you can actually get to speak to the owner by saying that you can only do viewings in evenings and um, maybe on a Sunday afternoon or or you know a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday because the agents aren't working there. So then they might have to say, okay, the, the owner will have to let you view, um, show them around yourself, show you around themselves. And so that's one of the ways that you can actually appeal to the owner and, and stop the agent blocking you. But the agents are less likely to block you if you're coming at them, as, as I said, with, um, with uh, a much more professional angle. Um, your own um, rent to SA, is that um, you managing that yourself or via a letting agent? No, in the interim, I see me managing that myself, Kevin. Um, yeah, but because it's, I'm, it's not currently with an agent, no? Uh, the, the the property I have? Yeah, the one that's let, let out on a single let. Oh, yeah, sorry, I thought you meant in serviced accommodation. No, no, I just manage that myself. Yeah, okay, all right, so that, that answers that one, because sometimes if some somebody someone's using a letting agent already for their own property, then they, the agent is more likely to trust that person because they've been working with them yeah. that way. So, okay, that sort of um, ticks that one off. Um, okay, so that's that's one of the ways that you can get direct to the owner. Now, what, also, one of the things that um, I've, I've noticed, you, when we spoke earlier, you said you were a regional logistics manager because an awful lot of people... Yeah. They, they've got contacts, they've got, a, through their own network of people, they've got lots of contacts that they don't take advantage of. And so you you would be perfect because you're going to know an awful lot of people that are traveling and staying in short-term accommodation. And yes. so absolutely My, you, myself, yeah. myself included. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of time on the road, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you could be name dropping. And so absolutely, when you're speaking to these different companies, you definitely want to be named or, or recording who they are, what their position is, and make sure you remember what company they're with, etc., so that you can name drop that person when you're going and speaking to the agent. And so you need to – so the things that agents say that need to be addressed 
is agents say, oh, well, that's that must be a HMO. So you're going to need a HMO license because, you know, more, yeah. more than uh, two unrelated people are going to be staying in the property. And that's where I find it a fine line when I'm having to educate letting agents on their own job. You've got to be careful not to um, obviously offend them. And so a couple of times when I've had this, I haven't just said, no, you're wrong. It's not a HMO. The reason why it's not a HMO is because it's not going to be the guest's principal prime residence. So it can't be a HMO. HMO sits inside the, inside the Housing Act. So buy to let and HMO, houses in multiple occupation, sit inside the Housing Act. And, you know, you've got right to rent checks that need to be done on uh, tenants. So to make sure that they are not illegal immigrants, etc., you've got to do that. Um, and you've got to, you know, with tenants, more than two unrelated people or two or more unrelated people, well, you can have a, yeah, so, yeah. Um, is HMO regs and you've got right to rent checks. Now then, what I do with the HMO type situation is I will say, okay, let me check with the HMO officer and um, get back to you on that. And so what I do is I check with the HMO officer and I say, effectively, as far as they're concerned, HMO officer is, when you're talking to these guys, you need to talk about furnished holiday let. Okay, or holiday let, because that's effectively what you're doing with the property. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about to the HMO officer, so if, if I've got a HMO, uh, sorry, I've got a furnished holiday let, and people are coming in and using the, the property under that situation, they live somewhere else, can you just confirm to me whether or not I do or don't need a HMO license? And they will say, no, you don't need a HMO license because it's not going to be their principal prime residence. And you say, okay, fine. Make sure you get that in an email. And then forward that to the letting agent just to show the letting agent that um, um, that that the local HMO officer has basically dispelled it. And, and they will come out with, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I knew that. I, I thought you meant something else. So they'll just blag it at that point. But ultimately, yeah. you have not told them they're wrong. Somebody else has done it and you've done it vicariously that way. Um, so uh, three, three or more HMO is three, three or more from two separate families. Okay, so so that's the HMO regs. Now then, um, use class. So sometimes they'll say about the use class of the property, and so you have to cover this one off as well. And they might think that it's got to be um, uh, it would be use class seven in Scotland, but use class one in. Um, class C1 in, in England and Wales, they think that sometimes it needs to be those use classes, whereas it's not. It just needs to be the normal use class for a normal flat or apartment, flat or house used as residential. So in, in England, Wales, it's C3. And in uh, Scotland, it's use class 9. Okay. So they just need to understand mm -hmm. that part and just get them to go and check it get them to go in and check it themselves just in case they're not sure about that. Right to rent checks, again, no need to do for right to rent checks because it's no one's uh, residence. They're not going to be living there full time. They're just going to be staying there on a short-term basis. So these are the things that agents quite often come out with. The other thing that they come out with is, is they think, sometimes they don't ask, but they think that it's up to your guests to be paying the rent. 
your clients. That's what they think. And they think if the clients don't pay, they're not going to get the money. Therefore, they're not going to get the, the rent to pay the landlord. So you need to make sure that you say these words, that the liability for the rent sits with my company. Okay. Yep. The liability for the rent sits with my company. You can credit reference my company. Now then, that when the agent hears that they're going to think oh that's good because they can't credit reference uh tenants anymore so they've actually lost 35 percent of their normal annual turnover which used to be tenant referencing fees they can't do that anymore but they can credit reference a company now your company isn't going to pass because it might have been trading for long enough um as i say which is doesn't actually matter if they do do a, a credit reference they send it off to a, ten, a credit reference companies a van milder you know company like that and then because of gdpr they van milder will just come back and say didn't pass uh, referencing they won't say uh, what the annual turnover is they come not allowed to say that back to the agent um and they can't they won't say how long it's been trading for and anything like that just come back and say didn't pass referencing in order to proceed you would need a guarantor well under that circumstance you're the guarantor so the agent would just come back to you and say, oh, didn't pass, but so we'd need a guarantor. You say, okay, that's fine. I'll be a guarantor. Okay. So that is how to get past that hurdle. All right. Now, a lot of people that are yep. not uh, credit worthy enough themselves, um, I know you are, but a lot of people that aren't, then they obviously can't be the guarantor. They would just need somebody else to step up to the plate and be guarantor for them for the rent. So if the company doesn't pay the rent, then the guarantor will pay the rent. So any any other questions on that, Stephen? Yeah, yeah, just uh, yeah, no, no, just, just the interesting part there when you were talking about um, corporate clients, companies, if you like, um, and you know, I always had that in my head that that would be a big part of what I wanted to do in, in the two areas in Scotland where I'm looking at, and and that that was interesting when you said that um, that you would actually tell. Um, the letting agent who the company was, I, I always had it in my mind that if I was fortunate enough to come across a company who, you know, wanted to work with my limited company, that that wouldn't be something that I would tell the letting agent. Potentially the letting agent could jump the gun and go to that company themselves and say, I've got two or three properties here. But it sounds like you were actually naming the corporate yeah. so you would be absolutely honest and yeah you know, let's say it's sky tv you know if you know a big company a company work in the area and so you you would actually use that and say you know my, my client is sky tv yeah absolutely um the reason is is the sky tv don't want to take a property on a, a tenancy agreement from a letting agent because they've got to then set up the the uh, utilities They've got to set up the contract with the utilities company and get the phone sorted out. They've got to get the broadband sorted out. They've got to be paying uh, capital tax. Yeah. Um, they don't want it. They really don't want that. That's why they use hotels. Okay. Yeah. And the, the agent wouldn't be able to give them a property on a short-term basis because they can only do um, ASTs or... Um, they could potentially do a company let, but the point is that the companies that you're working with don't want um, to be taking the property and have all those responsibilities. So you're going to take the property on a company let. You're going to be servicing the property. So this is what these companies want, is they want 
somebody else servicing the property. So you go in and you do a weekly clean and you're changing the, the, you know, the linen, the towels and, and the bedding, uh, a mid-stay clean, and then they get to stay for however many months they get to stay for. Sometimes it's different, different people coming in from one week to the next, but they just taking the property off you on uh, effectively a, a company let from you. But it's a service. It's a service contract. Uh, uh, that makes absolutely sense when you when you say it like that, actually, Kevin. Uh, and I guess that the, the the second point I was going to make, and, and I guess you must get this, you know, um, every day practically at the minute, is somebody like myself who's re- ready to make the jump. You know, ready, willing, and able to make the jump. Um, that there's there's probably never going to be a right time for somebody to make that leap. However, you know, at what we're sitting looking at worldwide at the minute, of course, still makes me absolutely nervous that even corporate clients, let alone anybody, you know, thinking of visiting Scotland, you know, that that's not going to happen anytime soon. So, I, I do hear some good stories, as in, you know, good stories that people are still doing really, really well through the pandemic. However, it still makes me extremely nervous to make that leap. So how, how do you find it at present? Yeah, I'm glad you raised that because everybody else is going to be thinking the same thing. Now then, do we think this current lockdown or restrictions or, or you know uncertainty is going to last forever? Everyone knows that it's not going to last forever. Um, but in the meantime, there is still demand for serviced accommodation. So what I spoke to you just now um, is about doing is what the vast majority of people that are doing service combination don't do. They are literally only relying on bookings coming in from booking.com uh, and Airbnb. And an, an, an awful lot of them, more than 50% are only on Airbnb. Okay. Cause they, they haven't had any training whatsoever. They don't know that they can list on booking.com. And then you've got all the other sites like your TripAdvisor and Expedia and, and late rooms and all of those different places where people can also list for free their serviced accommodation units and so if people are solely relying on airbnb then they are actually um ridiculously limiting their potential bookings ridiculously limiting and especially when they're only focusing on the leisure guests because leisure guests are people that you might get a week-long booking out of them you might be lucky and get two but you're not getting two and three and four and five and six months bookings that's you get those bookings from going to corporates to contractors to trades that's where you get those bookings and that's where you make the most money as service combination now even during the height of the 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 last lockdown we were still getting long bookings from companies because the supply chain as you know you know yourself still operated throughout the worst of the lockdown so they are key workers um, ed- educators, um, obviously in the medical professions, but we were getting long bookings from care homes because these these care home workers were too afraid to be going, leaving the care home and going home to their families and potentially taking COVID back into the care home. So they actually wanted to self isolate, and they were they were taking we were taking bookings from these guys, and so actually by reaching out to all of these different uh, companies and businesses that throughout the, the worst times of the lockdown still needed short-term accommodation, we were we were able to um, turn over a decent profit. Not the same 
as before, but a decent profit still. And I know guys that have scaled throughout the whole of the lockdown, that they've been on my training. I met you know Ben, I met him a year ago, and he is now throughout, since starting a year ago, got over 50 essays. Okay, so to answer your question, should he have waited? Should he have thought, oh, when's the best time? I'll wait, I'll wait a bit longer, I'll wait a bit longer. Well, for somebody that doesn't doesn't have all of the tools at their disposal, yeah, it might not be the best time because those people they're just they're just going to be relying on on Airbnb bookings. But if you've got more tools at your disposal, then absolutely you can go forward with confidence. And what I've just explained to you now is how you can actually go forward with confidence because you've got your guests all queuing up. You've got your guests already, and they want accommodation. And and, and even if bad, you know, the worst times during the lockdowns, the hotels were shutting down. And so they, they literally didn't have anywhere to stay. But they do if you're reaching out to them to say, well, I can accommodate you and we can provide COVID clean. So you definitely make sure you've got that on your on your website, COVID cleans. Yeah. Oh, another thing that people don't do is they don't list their units on, on um, Google. So you can just Google my business, like literally just Google my business, type that in, and then it'll take you through the steps of, Google, of, of listing your properties again for free on Google. And so that when people are using Google and they want, let's say they type in service accommodation or let's say they type in uh, short-term lets or, or whatever, furnished holiday let, then they will see the, the map, the Google map, and, and the, all the little icons of anywhere hotels come up, but also service accommodation units come up. And you've got your night rates displayed there and they can literally click on that and then go straight through to your website, book you on your website, and guess what? You haven't even paid any booking.com or airbnb so these are the things that most people just don't do and don't they, no one's taught them to do this stuff right yeah so yeah when, when it comes to do you take action well you will when you when you've got people that are, are going to pay you if you can accommodate them <laughs> so that, yeah, that's great. If you're getting these these four, five, six months, you know, inquiries and, and saying, yes, we need accommodation, then you can model that and you can think, well, okay, fine. So the, the rent on on a, a three-bed house is going to be 750 whatever it is. And so based on they, they want me to be accommodating four and five guys – for most of the time so then you work out your, your night rate that you're going to offer the, the company and then you work out your utilities so you, you can literally go on to right move and zoopla and it gives you the the likely monthly costs tab for a three-bed house on right move and zoopla in that patch so it's, it's giving you roughly how much your outgoings are going to be then you speak into laundry companies and cleaning companies and working out the costs that way and so effectively, you can just reverse engineer everything and, and know what your your operating costs are going to be. I mean, you're a logistics manager yourself. This, you'll find this to be bread and butter. And and so, yeah, you can just you can then work out that, wow, if I go and do that, that and then I'm going to accommodate people. I'm, I'm Sometimes our, our best operating uh, property um, cash flows and it has cash flowed since we've had it on average over three thousand pounds a month. OK. It's it's a two houses on one title, so it's a little bit um, misleading, if you like. So the the larger one of the two that would be about two thousand pounds cash flow a month. Okay, 
because we're attractive to contractors and trades and all year round demand for contractors and trades to, to need accommodation. So we're not just focusing on the leisures because that can be very seasonal. We want, we want to pick properties in areas that all year round people need to be working in those areas. And you just get the higher night rates in the summer because there's more demand for leisure as well in the summer, but you're still operating a really good business in, in the winter months. And so um, effectively, this is what's going to give you the confidence to go and acquire units. And you'll work out that you're, you're going to be making an absolute killing if you're going to get nice long bookings like that because you've got no voids. You're literally just doing weekly terms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then obviously, if you get a nice long, long booking, then you've got all that time to be marketing, to be getting other, other bookings coming in for when they are finishing. But uh, to be honest, what, what you find is the corporates and the trades, they're constantly just extending and extending and extending and extending. So actually, um, what you find is you're in a situation where you need to go and get more units. You need to scale. That's why Ben's on up 50 plus, because he did exactly this. You can't yeah. be focused on the trade. And so he just needed more and more units to go and um, get in order to accommodate. And he did it throughout the whole of the lockdown. Yeah. No, it's good to hear. It's really, you know, I have heard some more stories as well, Kevin. Um, and and it's certainly, you know, the pandemic. I have to be clear, it's not something that uh, has uh, has made me think twice and think, mm, no, that this is not for me. That that's not the case at all. Um, as I said to you earlier, it's just, you know, I, I'm if I don't get a rent to SA soon, then it's going to be a purchase to SA. You know, come January, and I, you know that. Listen, that's it's not a risk. It's just. I know that that'll work by to let. Whatever happens, you know that's worst case scenario is it'll work by to let. The funds are in place, so um, I, I hate in my own day job and, and business life. I hate with a passion procrastination. So therefore, I, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be that on the other side of that fence. I'm doing that. So, um, but uh, that, that's some really good advice. Thanks. You're really welcome, Stephen. Um, so. Some people have been saying hi. So Liam said hi. Uh, Becky said evening chaps. So Caroline, trades keep coming back. Yeah, absolutely. And so the, the, it's definitely worthwhile focusing on the trades 100%. So someone else is, uh, it's, I've just got Facebook users said hi both. So I don't know your name. You'd have to type in your name uh, because because this is streaming to lots of different platforms. Sometimes I get to see someone's name, sometimes I don't. But, uh, yeah, you'd have to type in your name. So if anyone's got any questions for us before we finish, then type your questions into the uh, chat box now. And so whilst you're thinking about your question and typing those in, then um, I'm just going to uh, just cover something else with Stephen. So Stephen mentioned earlier that he did want to do Rent to SA first before doing Purchase to SA. And so I suppose that is a sensible play if you're not 100% um, sure. If you're 100% sure, then purchase to SA, there's obviously nothing wrong with it. Um, I would advise you getting some training, Stephen, because actually there's an awful lot of things that you, you've heard of the phrase, you don't know what you don't know. And so there's an awful lot of things yeah. that you won't know yet. And therefore, you don't know how you could be making a lot more money out of SA. Yeah, so I'll, I'll talk about um, I'll talk about some of those things. So if you're going to go therefore into purchase to SA, 
then you don't need to be buying in a limited company to do purchase to SA. You can be buying it in your own name because it's a trading business and therefore you can still offset the mortgage interest against the rent. Whereas you can't with uh, buy to let HMO if you own those in your own name. So you don't need the extra cost of buying in a, in a limited company if you're doing purchase to SA. Um, you just need to be getting uh, your, your mortgage broker, or sometimes you can go direct to to certain brokers, like um, London and country. You can go to certain uh, brokerages, and and they will tailor um, the, um, the the product for you that allows serviced accommodation or furnished holiday let or short term rentals. Okay, you just need to to make sure they understand yeah. what you're talking about, and so. You're avoiding Section 24. You've got a product that allows service accommodation. You need to make sure that you get insurance that allows service accommodation, so short-term holiday let type insurance. And the other thing that if you're doing purchase to SA is you need to, to know how to claim your capital allowances. So you need a capital allowance surveyor. Um, and not all capital allowance surveyors know what they're doing. Some do, some don't. Definitely don't try and get your accountant to claim your capital allowances because your accountant honestly will not know. Even my own accountant, who's brilliant, doesn't know anything like as much as my capital allowance surveyor on claiming capital allowances. Um, and so typically, it's, it's going to be a wee bit higher in, in, in Scotland and, and the north of England than the southeast of England. But the average is about 35% of a property's value will reflect the capital allowance that you can end up getting. Okay, So if the property is, let's say, it's um, uh, £200,000 property, you can end up with a £70,000 capital allowance, which means that you can claim seventy grand tax free Okay? And so what that means is, you can earn 70 grand from your service accommodation business without paying any tax. So you're not affected by Section 24 and you're also able to earn an awful lot of tax-free money. And, and certain types of service accommodation also qualify for what's called sideways relief. So you could actually, so your, you mentioned to me earlier your salary, Stephen. Um, if you're able to get sideways relief on your capital allowances, then you can actually offset those capital allowances against your your other income as well. So it could be saving you, well, it will be saving you tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, depending on how, how much you grow in tax, okay, if you get it, if you're doing this right. So obviously I haven't got time to explain everything on this live stream, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but absolutely, um, we definitely need to, to – talk some more about this because otherwise <laughs> you yes. make as much money if you if you don't have this in your uh, locker so let me look have a yeah. look at um some of the stuff that is also you answered all my questions so yeah absolutely thanks becky so i've been answering questions that you may have had so sandy how to use buy to let as essay um is it easy or hard and things you should need well, ultimately, you've got to change the insurance. You've got to get, uh, if it's got a buy-to-let mortgage on it, you need to get permission from the lender or you need to swap it onto a product that does allow SA. Don't ask your lender if you can do service accommodation. They will just say no and put the phone down and then ask the person next to them what service accommodation. They, they will think it's like a care home or something, right? So 
you, you need to be saying short-term uh, rental or furnished holiday let. They understand that holiday let and ask for permission. They might they might want to put your, your mortgage interest rate up or they might just say no. And if they say no, then you either don't do it. Some people take a risk. I'm not advocating do that. But ultimately, you could just swap it onto a product that does allow it. A, uh, you're going to need to obviously get it furnished so you can buy the furniture or lease the furniture. And by the way, when I talked about capital allowances as well, the furniture also um, con contributes to the capital allowances. So the amount of money you can earn tax free. So Caroline said, purchase to SA, you have more control of your SA, but rent to SA is the safer option that people go with if they don't have the option to purchase. Uh, Stephen, Def purchased to SA. Kev and his team are amazing at what they do. Well, that's very kind of you to say, Caroline. And so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, absolutely. Purchase to SA, you've got the property. So you've got the, the appreciation in the property. And so that's where inflation is your friend when you've got an investment property because your property appreciates in value, but effectively your debt depreciates in value because of inflation. And so um, absolutely, I'm a firm believer in having a legacy. I know you are too, Stephen, in having a legacy to pass on to the family. Yep. And so property is by far, as far as I'm concerned, the best way of building that legacy. So, yeah, absolutely. I know, having spoken to you beforehand, that that's something that you're very keen to do. You just wanted to test the market with Rent2SA first. But, um, yes, by all means, do that. Oh, what I didn't speak about, Stephen, is going to um, direct to landlords who are advertising their properties direct. So you've got Gumtree, you've yes. got OpenRent, you've got UPAD, um, Spare Room. You've got sites like that where you can be approaching the landlords directly in order to take the properties on. When you go direct to, there's a form of rent to SA where you can actually create fluctuating income each month, okay? Don't talk about this with letting agents, they just get far too phased by it. But if you direct to a landlord and you said to the landlord, right, okay, so you want 750, well, how about I give you 650, but I also give you 5% of the turnover, my monthly turnover. Now, that, say that works out at 100 pounds per month. Say say your turnover is gonna be about two grand, so your 5% is gonna be about 100 pound a month. Um, now, what you're gonna be giving that landlord, therefore, is a fluctuating income amount. And that landlord is therefore going to be able to avoid section 24 themselves. So the income can go on the furnished holiday let page of their tax return, now they're avoiding Section 24, okay? Because Section 24 is pushing people into the higher tax brackets because all of the rent, they're no longer able to offset mortgage interest. So all of the, the rent is going on to the, their income uh, bottom line, pushing people into the next tax bracket. So that people are paying a ridiculous amount more in tax from having their buy-to-lets that they bought in their own name. Um, but they, they will also, guess what, be able to claim capital allowances as well if the property is classed as furnished holiday let. So if they're just getting a fixed rent, they can't promise that. You can't promise that to the owner. But if they're getting a fluctuating income, then, yeah, you can promise avoiding Section 24 and capital allowances as well. And so sometimes when people talk about incentivizing the landlord to give you their properties as SA, well, that's a really cool incentive. Because not, you're also going to keep the properties in show home condition and there's no tenant problems, no voids. 
Um, Buy-to-let landlords now are being spooked because of the uh, tenant eviction ban, having to give six months notice to a tenant which is completely one-sided and unfair on the landlord. They might need their property back. They might be in financial hardship. They've got to give six months' notice. And even if tenants stop paying rent now, you you try getting a court date for getting in a, a, a possession order. You'll be waiting about a year, if you're lucky at the moment, to get a court date. So landlords are scared right now on being buy-to-let landlords, whereas you could take the property on a, a company-let agreement and effectively, the landlord is still in control. You want to take it for at least a year, maybe have a six-month break clause in, but they're not going to be stuck with somebody that is not paying them any rent, Okay, uh, which is the situation that a lot of landlords are with tenants. So there's, there's an awful lot of advantages to both letting agents and landlords to give you their properties to use as service accommodation. You've just got to be able to explain these benefits to letting agents and landlords um so sandeep has said which lenders are favorable for sa mortgages they change every single month sandeep so you just got to speak to a broker one minute i mean interbay recently they were going to lend us um on a, a hotel so we convert we convert guest house bnbs into um a part hotel so that's that's our main focus these days or our main growth focus these days and one minute Interbay were in there and next minute they weren't. So we're obviously looking at a different lender um, because because they, they change all the, all the time. Um, so you just need to speak to a broker to see who is lending on what at the moment. So that's how you uh, do that, Sandy. And a broker that uh, is, is experienced and knowledgeable of sourcing SA mortgages or um, furnished holiday let mortgages or short term uh, accommodation mortgages, that type of thing. So I can't see any more comments. So hopefully that has been useful for everybody. Um, are you good, Stephen? Absolutely. Thanks for that, Kevin. Yeah, give, give me um, renewed impetus, shall we say, to move forward. You're very, very welcome. So hopefully uh, you found that useful. Hopefully everyone that is watching found that useful. And so I wish everybody service accommodation success. So again, my book actually. Where is it? I managed to mislay it. Don't know where it is. But my book, Service Accommodation Success, <laughs> that's always going to give people a lot of uh, tips and tricks on service accommodation as well. And this is going out onto my podcast, the Service Accommodation Property Podcast. So it will go out onto my podcast. So again, um, that is a good resource. Anyone that uh, wants to try well, you can still get some free training from me. You can do that um, by my website, uh, which should be uh, flashing across this screen as well, www.propertysoldier.co.uk. So Sandy's got the book. That's cool. <laughs> so I hope you, you're finding that useful, Sandy. So here's to your service accommodation success. And remember, your future needs you. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Service Accommodation Property Podcast. Why not also check out my website, www.propertysoldier.co.uk, where you can learn more about property and serviced accommodation.